Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield, a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I'm joined, as always, by Chad Jarvis. How's it going, Chad? It goes, man. I am so pumped that the Blades are back. And like I told you in our pre, pre-pod talk, it just like hit me in the face. Like Saturday, I was like, holy hell. The season starts in a week. I don't even know what to do. So I'm I'm like, I'm ready to go now. The adrenaline's pumping. It's like, let's go. Let's go. We got 46 games. Let's get this, let's get this bad boy going here. Let's see where we can finish up here. Yeah, the offseason for whatever reason just felt so quick this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it was quick last year too. It was even shorter. But at, at the same time, I think we had, you know, the Euros keeping us occupied here in the States. We had the Gold Cup keeping us occupied and, of course, the Olympics as well. And uh, there's just been so much football on television uh, during this club offseason. So there's been a lot to keep us occupied, like I said, but absolutely excited to get back to watching Blades football. And it's on Saturday. First game is on Saturday against Birmingham. and. It's at the lane. My goodness, I oh, can't wait. That is going to be a sight to see, man. A uh, almost packed. I would. I don't know if it's going to be packed because I was reading what Sheffield United put out on on social media about COVID and there's no social distancing regulations or rules, and you've got to wear a face mask or some kind of face covering going into the stadium. I don't know if you have to have it on while you're at your seat, but. I'm hoping it's a packed house. There wouldn't be any reason why not, unless people are still a little hesitant over the COVID. So, I mean, it'll be nice to hear the the lane rocking on set under the lights too. Yeah, you know, we were getting ready for 3 p.m. kickoffs, and you know, this is going to be our everyday week in week out time slot. Nope. What is it? The first four games of the season, we're all at we're all at eight o'clock kickoffs. So it's like okay. Just like the old premier, actually, we're we're in the late slot, a three three p.m. Eastern Standard Time, eight o'clock over there, and it's like we're the latest game on because when the Premier League starts the following weekend, their time slots stop at twelve thirty, which is twelve thirty Eastern Standard Time, which over there I believe is five thirty, and so it's kind of cool that. A, championship side has the late slot on sky and over here espn plus so it's like cool they're they're showing us in prime time showing the blades in prime time i'm ready for this man yeah yeah i mean it for our first four games as you kind of alluded to you know we're going to be featured on free tv well not quite free tv but uh on television here in the united states and i mean you know so for folks who want to get into the efl like their first exposure to championship football is going to be the blades. So who knows? We could get some more new American blade supporters out here. That would be fun. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, for sure. Let's grow that. Let's grow that fan base. Definitely. Definitely. So I know all of you are eagerly awaiting our season preview and we've got a bunch of questions that we're trying to answer, you know, in our season preview here. And why don't we jump right into it? So I got this list actually from the Sheffield United subreddit, and I thought it was a pretty good list. Just, you know, putting our thoughts together. We added a couple more, you know, questions for the season, but 
I thought these were pretty good. So credit to the lads on the Sheffield United subreddit. But first and foremost, Chad, who do you think is going to be Sheffield United's best player for the 21-22 season? Okay, I think we're probably going to have – this is going to seem a little bit similar to our preview pod of last year, although we're a division below. But I think we're going to probably agree on this one. If he doesn't get sold with that asterisk, Sanderberger is going to, by far, without a doubt, is going to be the best player on the Blades, and if not in the entire of the entire league of the championship, he's just he he is a player that is playing in a league that he is way too good for. Yep. I mean, we we even saw it against Doncaster. Yeah, they're League One, but he just stormed right by the players and swung that ball in. That's going to be a like the majority of defending he's going to face in the championship this year. And if he's with his stature and his body build, the dude is going to be an absolute tank, you know? So hands down by far, if he, if we don't sell him in the next, what, uh, 28 days, he's going to be, he's for me, he's going to be our best player, player of the season. Yep. Spot on Chad. I also had Sander Berger and as you mentioned, too, he's far too good for the EFL championship. He has the pace, the height, the excellent passing, the positioning, all signs of him absolutely dominating the midfield this season, bossing it. So, yes, Sander Berger, my pick for our player of the season. And, I mean, that kind of previews some other statistics uh, and questions on here as far as the guessing is going. But... Yeah, I mean, by all accounts, it seems he's made a full recovery from his injury last season. And also, I I think it's important to point out that he looks like he's not too upset to be playing in the championship. I mean, I I still maintain that he probably wants to go to a side that is going to be challenging for Champions League positions at some point in his career. And I think, you know... I mean, it, it it could even be this year. We we just don't know at this point. You know, I like Manchester United were sniffing around for him. I think Liverpool were at one point as well. Arsenal. But Arsenal. But nobody's put in an offer that has – I mean, there have been massive underbids. I think it was like a joke. One of the Italian clubs had put in a bid for like $18 million, Yeah. Which is, which is a fucking joke. It, it was. I just read it before we started doing this. Uh, I think it was Napoli put in a bid in it. His buyout clause is what thirty five. Yep. I think they put in a bid between ten and fifteen million, and I was like, I was like, if we take that deal, we are we're getting fleeced like crazy. Yep. So I mean, I don't know what warded these other club, these big clubs off, like Arsenal. What what warded them off? What do they see was United's asking price of his release clause at 35 million was it too high because he was injured last year? I'm just curious what warded them off and didn't like entice them into come and get a good player that can start for any of those teams in the midfield, you know? I mean, he has that big stat, he's like almost like an iron horse, you know? He's just like <laughs> he's just like a massive a massive man. 
But he, I mean, cer- I- he certainly gallops like one too, doesn't he? Oh yeah, when he's when he's fully healthy, he looks like an iron horse out there galloping down the wing or through the mid marauding through the midfield. I'm just curious why these these teams didn't just say, "Here, here's your thirty five million dollar file clause." Let's let's get on with it. I'm, but hey, I mean, it's it's more power to us. I'm glad we were able to keep him. Like we've been talking for so long, we had him pegged as the first one that was going to go. If anybody else, if if anybody left this team, he was the first one that was going to go. And yeah. I don't know if Phil Kanovich said something to him to say, "Hey, follow me, and we will go back to the Premier League, and <laughs> we will you will be the greatest player of all time." That was actually a really good big Slav impression right there. That was know, not right? bad. <laughs> I've been we're listening gonna, to him talk. We're, you're going to have to do all of our uh, big Slav impressions this year. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. I will for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, Sanderberger, best player this year. Mark it down. If we keep him, with that caveat, he is going to be amazing for us this season. Okay. So, the contrary, if we do sell Sanderberger. Who is your who is your I guess backup player, the best player of the season? That's a really good question, Chad. Really good question. Uh I mean, the heart says McGoldrick. I I mean, I just think he was so good in the prem for us. He was like probably one of our only even halfway decent players in the prem last year. So either McGoldrick or I don't know. I mean, I think maybe Egan could have a good comeback year this year in the back. You know, if he can stay healthy, Bash is always a good shout. But I look, this year, what we need is goal scoring. Mm-hmm. And we're going to need it from three people principally. Okay? McGoldrick, Muse, and Brewster. Mm-hmm. They're going to be our big boys. They're going to be the, the three that are going to be starting up top every game in in Jokanovic's uh uh formation because mm-hmm. we're going to be playing i think three at the front regularly yeah and then oh yeah and then for we'll sure. have the you know we'll have the two midfielders and then we'll have four uh you know two wing two center backs two mm-hmm. wing backs two center backs yeah i mean i'd be in agreement with that i mean i'd probably have to say it'd probably be basham because I think we're going to be very solid at the back. I don't think we're going to give up much, like many goals, considering most of these players, because you're going to look at our starting 11. All of them played in the in the Prem last year. So they're just taking a step down into the championship. And it's like, okay, we're going to, if we were able to go up against the likes of Arsenal and Manchester United, and Chelsea, and Liverpool, and Man City, and hold them, those teams, to one-nil losses, and almost for the majority of those games, there shouldn't be the any reason why we don't have absolute success. And that's why for me it'd be Basham because I think he's just going to take the bull by the horns, and we're going to be defensively solid. We're going to have every team's going to have their errors and give up you know, goals. And that's what the, the championship is from famously known for. It's a goal scoring league. There's not yep. too many, there's not too many years where you have uh, a goalkeeper get 15, 20, 25 clean sheets. It comes every once in a while. So it's, it's one of those things I'm curious to see, but I, if, if I had to go other than Sander Berger, I would go with Basham. 
as my yep. play, best player of the season. Definitely. I mean, the other quick thing that I want to point out, this is a little bit of a bird walk, but look, we have to address, you know, Jack O'Connell being out of the side for the majority of the season. And with him being out, I mean, it really does make sense to move to that four at the back, which mm -hmm. is it, by all appearances, that's what Jokanovic has done here. And yeah. I quite like that because, I mean, it's not as dare I say cynical in defense and it could be look owing to the fact that we played a back five that we weren't at left as exposed at the back last year I mean we did get countered when we would go forward and we'd have a free kick uh, just outside the box and we'd try to get a couple of the big center backs into the box or whatever but um I I just think that playing that back four is probably going to be better for us in the long run because it allows us to be a little bit more forward thinking a little bit more offensively minded which jokanovich's sides always are and i'm optimistic very very optimistic that we're going to score a lot more goals this year than we did last year yeah because if we surely if we, if we don't score any more goals than we did last year we won't be we won't be anywhere near the top i can assure you of that moving right along here chad who do you think is going to be our breakthrough player this year? Oh, I mean, we have to go with, with the elephant in the room. Yep. There's only one guy. Yep. I mean, we both know who it is. It has to be Brewster. It has to be him. It has to be, right? It, it has to be. And I, I mean, I'm hoping that since our, our striker core is getting better with the likes of Moose scoring in, in preseason, McGoldrick is always going to be there. Even if we can get freaking McBurney in there and he can see the balls going in the net and see with like relative ease. And we've got to harp him back to when he was on loan at Swansea a couple of years ago. I mean, he set the damn league on fire. So for me, there's no reason why he's not going to go out here and score a bundle of goals, you know? Yeah. And I think, like we talked about all last year, if he gets the first one to go in, then they're just going to start going in at ease and at will. And then that price tag won't seem so big, and you'll just see the dollars just start to float out of that that big price tag that he has hovering over his head. And then hopefully by midway through the season, he's full of confidence, and he's just going full board, just scoring goals at will when he wants to. Yep. Well, if he doesn't have a season in which he pots in the teens as far as goals are concerned – I mean, the bust is going to be complete at that point. He oh, yeah. has to start finding the back of the net and consistently as well. I mean, yep. this is much more, uh, as we previously mentioned, it's a much more offensively minded system with Jokanovic. And, you know, that really should lend itself to, to Brewster's talent of, you know, knocking them in five to 15 yards from net. Because yeah. heading's not really his game. I don't mm -hmm. think no, but you know, getting on a good cross and, and just booting it into the back of the net, that's his game. And hopefully we're going to be creating more from the wings, more good crosses from the wings with the likes of Sander Berger getting down the wing uh, that effectively he'll have more to get on the end of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's true, but you got, you got to feel for the kid. And like you said, if he doesn't score 15 goals this year, we really got to think, man, we got fleeced by Liverpool 
And but I mean, all the signs coming to coming to us last year, he was going to be he's a, a natural born goal scorer, scoring in the championship, scoring at the international level. I mean, I mean, it just doesn't make sense, man. And so I'm hoping for the kid. Every, I'm I'm probably going to buy his jersey again this year, just so I can say I'm a Brewster fan for when the first goal goes in, saying, "There you go, boy. That's how you do it." Yep. Well, as we've said before, if Brewster scores, we're all on the pitch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. I hope so. I hope he scores at the lane, too. I hope he yeah. scores opening weekend. Yep. And that place just absolutely erupts. Just goes nuts for him. Uh, wouldn't that the scenes? Could you imagine the scenes? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It'd be nuts. Be incredible. So moving right along here, who is the player that you think is going to have a surprisingly good season? And I have two. So, but I want to hear from you, Chad. Oh, man. Um, I would probably say the Moose because he was irrelevant. He's been irrelevant. Now, granted, he played in he's play, he played in both of our, our preseason matches, but he looks like he's in shape and he looks like he has more like will and want to go and score the goals. So I would be, I mean, for me, he's the guy that, that is going to surprise me. If he gets, I don't know, 10, 10, 12 goals in the league, I mean, that might be a little bit high. You never know. But if he's able to score goals, I'm going to be like, oh, this is the moose of the first year we had him when we came up the last time. So if he can go and score goals, it's just like, all right, Moose, I can see you. Now you won't be the the guy that just goes and plays with the under-23s on a rehab assignment and scores a goal and has an assist, and then we never see you for the rest of the year. So yeah, I, I'm actually surprised we didn't let him go to another club and that he actually kind of it, – it almost looks like he fought for his spot. Yeah, yeah. In the side. I agree with that, Chad. Absolutely. I think that that's an excellent choice. I mean, you know, in retrospect, after looking at the two that I chose, I, th- I really think that that's a good shout there, Chad. But I went ahead and I picked Jaden Bogle as one of my choices. I mean, Bogle showed flashes of brilliance last year in the Premier League. And mm-hmm. I think he's going to have to follow that first season with the Blades by, you know, maybe finally knocking Balduck out of the first team sheet on occasion. You know, yeah. I, I I mean, I think that Jokanovich will probably interchange them on, on a regular basis and, you know, really create a little bit of competition for for that for that position on the wing back there. So, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens there. The other player that I had written down is Ben Osborne. I think this is going to be a, a breakout season for Ozzy. He's hungry, you know, and he can also play both in the left midfield and as well as a wing back. So, I mean, if, you know, Fleck goes down with an injury, if I don't even know if Stevens is going to be in the side on opening day, but um, he can also play that left left wing back role as well. And I think probably we'll end up using him more in the midfield, maybe mm-hmm. as a sub for John Fleck. Yeah, yeah. 
he'll be a he'll, he'll probably be a sub role kind of like he was last year, unless like you said he gets hurt or somebody gets hurt, and he can come in for you know four or five games where he has to play. He'll probably play in the cup, but I mean. You know, if he has an impact in a couple of those games, if somebody's out injured or Jokanovic get lets him start and he has an impact, he could be slotted in as a first teamer. Just like you said with with Bogle and Baldock. You know, I think they're gonna interchange those kind of like we had what was it midway through last year or three quarters of the way through last year, where it kept like Bogle and Baldock would would switch off and Baldock was hurt. So Bogle got in for those, I don't know, six games or so. So it's it's just one of those things, you know. We got to see how the season plays out. You know, it's hard to it's hard to to see where we are in in what ten months from now. So I mean, it, we could be looking at a totally different team. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So this one will be fun. Player that you drive to another club. Mm. I already alluded to mine. <sighs> Man, if I had to choose, I mean, based off of he'll probably absolutely kill it this year, but, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of Oliver Norwood. Him or McBurney, I mean, either one of those players because McBurney, I don't know what his – he just seems like he's the most immature professional footballer on the face of the earth right now. But, I mean, just, just sure – based on – Norwood's numbers and how many games he absolutely sucked last year. But I think I heard a stat today that Oliver Norwood's in the side, the teams usually go up. I think yep. in every every year he's played in the championship, the team has gone up. Yep. Which yep. He, he seems to be a lucky charm as far as promotion is concerned. Yeah, so I won't drive him. I'll drive McBurney to the other, <laughs> other wherever he wants to go. But yeah, I'll keep our lucky rabbit's foot on the team then, if that's the stat to get us to go up. Well, I want to talk about another position that I don't want to say we have an embarrassment of riches in, but we have the position well covered, which is the uh, left back position or left wing back position. And the player that I drive to another club, and I look, this is not a slight on the player. I don't dislike this player, but I really think Enda Stevens uh, has seen a massive decline, especially from the form that he was on in the 2019-2020 season and the promotion season before that. And I mean, he gave mediocre to downright poor performances last season, and he just hasn't found that form since before lockdown. And like I said, I don't want to say I'm going to drive him to another club, but with Lowe, Norrington Davies, Osborne, and if need be, Jack Robinson, all retaining the ability to play left wing back and or, or left back, it, it really doesn't make sense to keep Stevens, who just hasn't consistently been good enough and it, I th- I think is actually on pretty high wages for the club. Yeah, because didn't we – didn't we um, – I think we – Gave him a contract extension. Maybe that year we came up. Didn't we give him a contract extension when we were handing out? And you get an extension. And you get an extension. And Wilder gets an extension. Billy Sharp gets an extension. Fleck, I think, got an extension. There was a bunch of teams that got that got a uh, or a bunch of players that got extensions that year. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I'm I'm checking right now. Yep, his yep, his last contract extension was right before lockdown, and it goes through June thirtieth, twenty twenty three. So I mean, look with with that re upping, he definitely probably renegotiated his wages as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'll likely have the you know the club will have likely negotiated a relegation clause into his contract, but. By all accounts, I mean, he's still probably on pretty high wages for a left wing back and a left wing back who's not performing very well. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that would be a player that would be looking to offload. I'm not even too like fussy about, you know, what the return on him is. Three, four million quid. I'd be I'd be happy with that. You know, go to another championship side, maybe a lower end premier side, recently promoted side. And he'd probably serve as a backup uh, up there. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, I'd agree with you on that, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, the the club's in a, a little bit of flux if we don't go up this year, because you know that core group of players that we we're talking about, they're starting to get older, and you know, is this a thing where? because we all know how modern day football works. Is this one of those things where if we keep Jokanovic around for a couple of years and let him build his team, does he start to phase out the players that we have now into backups and bring up the next wave of players? You know, I, I it's so hard to say when everybody wants to win 24, seven, 300, every single game they want to win. And so it's hard to have them when you lose two or three in a row. They're like, oh, what's sacking? Let's get rid of them. So it's hard to like have any stability. Like we, we got to take and look at what Wilder did, how long he was at the club for, and what he was able to do. He set us up for a pretty good, you know, little run here. If we can get up in the next couple of years with the players we have, and then we can continue to rotate and get the newer, younger kids up. You know, we could be around for a while. You know, it's not like one of the one of the teams like, you know, they're they're chant like a Barnsley. They were challenging for the playoffs, went into the playoffs, and then and then they got knocked out, and now they've been picked apart, and now they're going to fall back down the rungs of the championship. So you know, it, it kind of sets up well for us. Yep, yep. But I mean, look, that also owes to the fact that I'd say Sheffield United are quite a bit more massive than than Barnsley are first and foremost and you know secondly look uh, we have we've got an owner who last year I don't think wanted to invest a lot of money into the club because of the assets that we have I mean and the ass I mean you look at the assets like what our player values are for the team overall we probably have the highest value for players at our club I mean if we rate Aaron Ramsdale at 30 million quid, 40 million quid, whatever, we rate Sander Berger at 35 million quid. We rate uh, Brewster, if he can start scoring goals in the high teens. I mean, you know, there you have like approaching 75 million quid. Right. So that's a lot. I mean, that is a lot of money. And, you know, if... I'm not saying we're going to sell any or all of those players, but I mean, we have a lot, that's a lot of money potentially uh, if those players continue to develop. And if sides from 
the Prem, sides from La Liga, uh, from Serie A, you know, they start looking and they're like, well, I mean, we could use a player like that and they're willing to overpay. I mean, that's more money that we can invest right back into the club at developing players because I think we have done and credit, you know, a lot of the credit goes to Chris Wilder and de- we've developed great players. Mm-hmm. We've taken, yes. we took, we took league one journeymen for who were for a long time, league one journeymen and turned them into proper upper championship, lower premier league level players. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think that that bodes well for us for the future. I, I mean, I think our future is pretty bright at this point. Do I think that this this is going to be that we're going to do the well, this is a little preview. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about where I think we're going to finish in a little bit. Don't so, blow it. Don't blow it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Chad, what area do you think we need like we need to strengthen the most? Where do we need another couple of guys? Anybody that's watched us play in the last year would know our midfield needs strengthening because on the on the chance that that Berger gets hurt and has to miss, like he did, what he missed, like six, eight months last year of the season. If he gets hurt and he misses a couple, like a couple weeks or a month or so, we've got to have players that we can just jam right back in that spot in the midfield, attacking, defending. It doesn't matter. I just want some midfield players and probably a couple more defensively minded players, maybe center backs, because we got Jackie Long throw in there. We know he can he can be slotted in there. But have we heard anything about Keen Bryan? Is he even on he's not on the squad anymore? No, no, he he's not signed a, a new contract with us. And I mean the real slight is that he didn't even consider the offer that Sheffield United threw his way. Uh, I don't, you know, obviously it wasn't disclosed what his wages would have been, but I can't imagine it would have been too, too much because, you know, uh, with us, especially moving to four at the back rather than five at the back, I just don't see as much of a place for him. I would have had him in the back. I would have had him back. I mean, he's a good replacement. He's a good, you know, I mean, if there's an, an injury, I think he's not a bad player. And he's probably, you know, lower championship quality. But at the same time, I mean, I'd much rather bring in a good upper middle to upper level championship level center back, basically. Than... Yeah, I've agreed with that. I so, agree with that wholeheartedly. Chad, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. Absolutely. We need another midfielder and a good one at that. Someone who can carry the ball and distribute to the striking core and we might have have one because there was some breaking new news slash rumor that we're going to pick up. I'm, I just want to make sure that I can pronounce his name correctly. Uh, Vieira. Yeah, I thought when, when you said, yeah, when, when you said that, I was like, hold on, Vieira, 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 the new Crystal Palace manager. I was like, no. I. Yeah, so. He plays in the midfield, and I watched some highlights of him earlier today, and he looks like a pretty good midfielder, someone who I think is going to come off the bench, but, you know, that exactly the type of player that we could use. I mean, what we're hearing right now is that it's a lone player uh, with the option to buy if need be or if we want to, 
but um, yeah, that that could fill that hole in the midfield, at least partly. Because by all accounts, I mean, I think we are going to be playing two in the midfield. Yeah, yeah, that, that's probably right. And I mean, from when I did the little background check on him, it, it sounded like he played for Leeds in the championship. So he already knows how this league functions, which is even better. That's why I really like when we buy players for the league that we have that we're playing in that have experience in the league that we are playing in. It makes it even better because, you know, like especially in the Prem, if we bought like Brewster was unproven in the Prem. Okay, he wasn't ready for the Prem, clearly. Now he's played in the championship. He knows how it goes. He should succeed. All these other players that we have on our team have played in the championship. They should succeed. There shouldn't be any drop off. You know, so I like picking up a lone player to bring in Vieira. He sounds like he's. He has his shit together and hopefully coming off of the bench in a substitute role or if, if somebody gets hurt, he yep. can, is, he, is he one that just slots right in there? So yeah. we'll have to see. I, yeah. I doubt he gets any playing time this weekend because he's only got he's only in, been in, in, in the – if this rumor is 100% or if, if this turns into a be alone, he's only going to have four days to get ready. So it will probably be a couple weeks out before he even features on the bench, I would imagine. Yep. 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 And then, you know, like you said, we need another serviceable championship level center back. And, yep. you know, I mean, my, my biggest fear is that Egan or Basham picks up an injury and that could kill our chances at pushing for promotion this year. So, I mean, we got to get another center back in and, and another good one at that. I don't know if we're looking, you know, for a lone player at this point, or if we want to purchase outright, but I mean, look, season starts on Saturday. We got to get moving on this. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing I'm like, when you said at the beginning, the pod that the summer has flown by and it's like, yeah, the summer's flown by and we really haven't done much work in the transfer window. So and Jokanovic says there's players coming in and or there should be players coming in and he's got a list of players. So I don't know if it's it's getting shot down by the club because of the, the expenses or whatnot. But I mean, I just I don't understand why we haven't brought in our need. He can he can clearly see our needs. So why hasn't he brought them in? Agreed. Agreed. So, Chad, what is your hot take for the season? Oh, my hot take, my hot take of the season is probably, I don't know if it's a hot take, though, because I'm on this, I'm on the Brewster wagon. I'm, I'm the conductor of this train, <laughs> and everybody who doubted him last year, it's going to cost you $200 to get back on the train when he starts scoring. So I'm going to say Brewster scores 17 goals. Wow. Bold. 17 goals this year. That is bold. Okay. And, I like it. And a little sidebar to Billy Sharp gets five because Billy Sharp loves to score in the EFO. And Billy Sharp just playing out scores goals regardless. So I think the skipper's not going to feature much this year, but I think he will get five goals. At least in the in the championship. 
I think that's a good shout. I also think that Billy Sharp is going to get at least five goals this year. Yeah. I mean, he managed that total last year, right? Did he get did he have five? I think so, yeah. Most and, of them were penalties, but right. I'll take right. it. Yep, yep. I mean, and he didn't even feature in the last, what, 10 games maybe? Yeah, we shut him down. Yeah, so he should be. I mean, you you forget about all these players that are struck. Like, our striking core was like this last year, but for some reason I feel totally different about our striking core than where I did last year. You know, it's like, you look, you got Moose, you got McGoldrick, you got McBurney, you got Brewster, you got Burke. You've got Sharp. I mean, yep. you've got Jepson if we don't loan him out. So that's another rumor that we have to address. I mean, it does it's like it goes that's right there. That's seven. That's seven strikers we have right there. So it's gonna be harder for some of these team some of these players down down the pecking order to get time. Yep. You know? Yep. I agree. I mean, you know, we could see a couple of them go out on loan, like like Jebison. I mean, he he's going to be playing first team football somewhere this year. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've heard the rumor is, is that he might go to Sunderland and, you know, do a tour of duty with Sunderland for a year. I think that would be an absolute boon for them as they're fighting to get back out of the uh, doldrums of league one here and back into the championship. So could be a boon for them to pick up Jebison. Yeah. He, he, he was supposedly at their match against whole city last week. And I've, I mean, I've got my finger on the pulse of Sunderland. So, I mean, the rumors are starting to hot up over the last, you know, week or so. I think, in, and to me, it, it's a smart move for United to, to send him out because Sunderland's going to be up towards the top of the League One. So, get him. Sunderland just lost their best goal scorer, Charlie White, to Wigan this year. 30-plus goals for Sunderland last year, gone. So Jebison, being this youngster, could come out there full of piss and vinegar and score all these goals and help them achieve promotion while he still gets first-team football and he doesn't sit farther down the pecking order at United. You know, if, if that makes sense to me. Let him go out and get first-team instead of sitting on the bench, not even making the 18 some weekends, and being further down the pecking order because the strikers ahead of him are scoring goals. And so he can't get his chance. Yep. Yep. I think it's a good decision. I think it's probably the decision that needs to happen. And I'm sure we'll hear something relatively soon regarding him. Mm -hmm. My hot take for the season is a little similar to yours, but it's not Brewster. I do think Brewster's going to get goals. I don't know if he's going to get 17, but I think that Moose could score 15 goals for us this season. And, you know, Moose the Chonky Lad, he looks <laughs> fast, ready, and keen for goals. I We, we tweeted out, uh, what was it, a couple weeks ago, uh, don't doubt Chonky Lads who play for I Sheffield mean, United. I mean, we've had fat lads in the past who are, you know, what they what other folks will call fat lads who score a, a, just a ton of goals for us. So... Um, I think that Jokanovic is going to start him up front regularly, and I think he will get the minutes he needs to pot goals for us, and That's we're going to need him to. That's that, good. As, as we've said already, we were sorely lacking for goals last year, and, and Moose, you know, in his apparent form at present, he has the ability to score for us. Yeah, uh, 
he looks like a different he's got a different frame on him than yeah. last year and the year before. It's just kind of like he rebuilt his body. Especially, I want to say especially that 1920 season. You yeah. know? I mean, mm-hmm. when he was starting uh, against uh, Chelsea, you know, at Stamford Bridge, we I think we all remember that game, the 2-2 draw. I mean, when he was, uh, he he just looks completely different. He doesn't look like the same person at all. His, his shoulders are a lot wider. I mean, he almost, I mean... I know he didn't, but it almost looks like he grew an inch or two, you know, like, yeah, yeah. but maybe that was just because I saw him standing next to, to Osborne. So <laughs> yeah, well, he's not the, the tallest of players. I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's because we didn't see him much last year, aside from scoring goals in the U23s and when they would have his picture posted out and be like, oh, there's Moose not doing anything for the first team, but helping the U23s score goals against whoever it is it's like yay so i i'm just thinking it's because we haven't seen him in about i don't know did he even start any games last year for us i don't think he started but he he was subbed in a couple of times i think well like that i think there were the cup game like the fa cup games the first couple of rounds that we played in last year i think he played or got at least got subbed in but then i think he got hurt i don't know I, he didn't feature in more than five games, I think, for us all last year. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, Chad, who do you think is going to be the first goal scorer? And hopefully, it's this Saturday against Birmingham. Yeah, we're. I God, no. I it'll it'll put me back into last year if we go out go in this game we don't score. I'd be like, oh my God, we're going to lose seventeen in a row. Uh, I'm going to go with McGoldrick. I think he he's going to go and he's going to score. The first goal of the season, probably from like 20 yards out, or it'll probably be a tap-in. I think McGoldrick is a good shout. That's who I have as well. And who do you think is going to be the top scorer for Sheffield United overall this year? I'll go with Brewster. I'll say Brewster's our top scorer with 17 goals. And it's like 17 goals. I think Moose is probably going to, if he stays healthy, he'll have – 10 Billy Sharps chips in with five. Berger's gonna have four or five. McGoldrick's gonna have a bunch, probably eight to ten. So we're gonna have a bunch of goals scored from yeah. I just want to see us the biggest thing I want to see a score is just from a defender. I want to see Egan or Basham rise up and just head one home. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's really too bad that we're not gonna have Jack O'Connell because I think. His magic hat will be back. Would be back this year if mm-hmm. uh, you know if we were if he were healthy. So, but I, I agree with you, Chad. I think that I mean, if we can get on average, okay, ten goals from our strikers who are going to be regularly starting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that that is going to be a boon for us. I mean, oh, yeah. if we can, if we can get, if we can get anywhere from forty to forty. <laughs> five goals from the likes of Moose, Billy Sharp, Brewster, McGoldrick, and McBurney. From those five, if we can get 45, 45 goals from them, I think we're going to be doing really, really well at the end of the season. Yeah, I would agree with that. So who do you think is going to have the most assists this year? Obviously, I'm probably going to go with Berger. But yeah. if we let him go, I would say... Ollie Norwood, even though I hate to say that, or John Fleck, 
one of those two. It's going to be somebody, obviously, probably in the midfield because I think we're going to work a lot through that. But Ali Norwood, I'll go with Ali Norwood. I'm, this is going to be the re- re- renaissance, if that's how you say it, of my love for Oliver Norwood. By the end of the season, me and him are going to be best buddies. When we go to the lane and after the game, we're going to go and have a pint. We're going to sit. We're going to talk our differences out, and we're going to be best friends, and we're going to all live happily ever after. <laughs> I agree with you, Chad. I think where if it isn't Sanderberger, I think it's Ollie Norwood for sure. <laughs> I just think that you know the championship level defenders probably aren't going to get onto you know, the corners that he puts into the box, the free kicks that he puts into the box. And there are going to be a lot of goals scored from, from those free kicks that he, that he, that he puts in. I want to see, I want to see an Ollie Norwood free kick from 25 yards out against Birmingham this weekend. Just banging in, just banging in, baby. Just pings it, just fucking. Yeah, pings oh, it yeah. In. oh yeah. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Keeper goes completely the wrong way. And it just top bins it one nil blades. So you think that Norwood is going to get the first goal of the season for United? Oh, shit. No, 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 no. Two (laughs) nil blades. (laughs) Two nil blades. So how many clean sheets do you think Aaron Ramsdale is going to keep this season? Oh, let's see. If I do the math correctly, which I'm not very good at math. Okay, I'll go with 15 clean sheets. Wow. Because that's that's about 30% of the league games. And now barring, obviously, if our back line stays healthy and we don't have injuries in front of him to where we're rotating the back and we lose chemistry – now, if that happens, then you'll probably go down to around like nine or ten. But with the the tried and true backline of Basham and Egan in front of him, I think we keep a lot of clean sheets this year. Fifteen out of forty six games is, like I said, thirty percent of the games. So I'm I'm okay with that. Fifteen. I it sounds a little high now that I say it. Yeah. But I mean, I mean. The teams in the bottom half of the 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 division are bad. That's true. Are bad. Yep. So I mean, we should be able to we should be able to get clean sheets against a lot of the bottom half teams. But it is the championship, however. It is, and I mean, as you kind of alluded to before, it you know it is a goal scoring league. It's more of a three two league than a two one league. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think that Rammers is going to keep, I'm going to say 13. I'm going to go a little bit less than, than you, but I still do think he's going to keep a lot of clean sheets this year. And I think that even missing Jack O'Connell, I still think we're going to be very, very defensively sound, defensively minded, uh, owing, you know, to the rigorous training done by Chris Wilder in that era. And I think that's going to carry over this year. And you look, as we mentioned before, I mean, we were holding good, good Premier League sides to one goal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we weren't scoring any, but we were holding them to one (laughs) goal. Exactly. So. But I think 
I think one key point too is like you just alluded to, we were keeping these 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 big name teams, Man City, Liverpool, Man United. We were keeping them, holding them to one goal. But if we could just score, and that's where it's going to be different this year. If we can score, when well, then without a doubt, we'll have more clean sheets because we're going to have. I feel like this year we're going to possess more of the ball during the whole of the game. And so it's going to take a little bit of pressure off of our back line. So we're not going to be constantly defending for what 75, 80, 85 minutes of the 90. Unless we go down a man, then we're going to have to, you know, close up shop and defend for our lives for the rest of the game. But most of like most of the games, we should be able to, you know, see it out and not have as much pressure on our back line in, it should prove to be more clean sheets for Ramsdale. Yeah. And look, Jokanovic's style is we're going to score more fucking goals than you. Yeah. That's that's how we're going to beat you is we're going to score more goals than you. And I, I like goals. that. I mean, yep. who doesn't like goals? I love defensive-minded football. Don't get me wrong. I think it's beautiful when when you have a good, solid back line and you're playing good defensive football. But uh yeah who who doesn't like seeing the, the ball go in the back of the net so hopefully rammers can get them 13 clean sheets i think we're in a really good position if if we're keeping 13 clean sheets in in, in a single season so which team are you looking most forward to playing chad oh if i had to pick <clears throat> i'd probably say barnsley because it's our real, realistically, our only shot at a derby this year, the Yorkshire Derby. So going, having Barnsley come to the lane, and then us going to Oakwell, I'm 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 really looking forward to. I kind of wish we could have faced them last year when they had all their good talent. Now they're still going to have good players, but they're not going to be as good as they were last year. But just for the like the full sake of having a derby, obviously, because we don't have Wednesday in this league this year. But yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna like going to watching us play Barnsley. I don't know. I just like those derbies when it comes to the league games. Of course, you can talk about the Fulhams, the West Broms, the Bournemouth stuff like that. But yeah, I'm looking I'm looking for a good old derby. Well, the week that you and I had initially talked about heading across the pond, I think we're playing Barnsley. Up there, actually, on uh, what is it, the twenty second? I want to say, I think that that's that's our our our, our plane trip. Yeah, but I know that there's another game that you want to go watch mm, that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we might have to, we might have to, uh, we might have to readjust the schedule. Yeah, we might extend the just extend the trip out. Why don't we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure, why not? There you go. Personally, I think the the fixtures against Fulham are going to be the most interesting. Look, it's Jokanovic against his old side in a fixture between two prospective clubs that could be going back up. I mean, I think Fulham are going to be right up there uh, fighting for automatic promotion. And so I think that that is going to be, uh, as far as a compelling fixture is concerned, I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I mean, I can't. It's kind of good that we when we because when do we when do we play Fulham to begin or 
to like the very first time of the of of our, us being back in this league because I think it's going to be because we play West Brom the third game of the season. We don't play Fulham until ooh, where is it? December 18th. So we'll know where we're at when we get to play Fulham because they've, you know, they've scheduled we got Swansea at the beginning of the season, West Brom at the season, then it kind of tips towards the bottom half of the league. When we hit that Fulham game the 18th of December, we'll know what we have and they'll know what they have and that'll be probably our first true test to see where we are compared to obviously like you said promotion rivals so i i'm just that that's going to be a huge huge game well i think look we've we do have some early tests we've got swansea uh a week from this saturday okay we've got the the following wednesday against west brom and you know that one's at the hawthorns so that's going to be a rowdy game mm-hmm. and and then in september we don't really play anyone well we play boro at the yeah, end yeah middlesbrough is going to be a good team this year this that's a team not to sleep on this year's yeah is middlesbrough i mean with spoiler old, alert but i have them making the playoffs yeah o'neal o'neal walking around with his uh fanny pack with his signed pictures handing them out to fans <laughs> at, at training I kid you not, every time I see that, I start laughing my ass off. We do play Bournemouth the, the, the 2nd of October. So, yep. and that's away from home. So that's a very, like, obviously the West Brom game is still going to be a feeling out process because it's only going to be the third game of the season. So Jokanovic is still kind of assessing what we have by then. But Bournemouth, the 2nd of, of October is going to be, away from home is going to be a really big test too. Yep. Yep. Which team are you least looking forward to playing? And I mean, for the first Mm. time in a long time, you know, we don't have that, uh, that Sheffield Derby to look forward to or not look forward to. I mean, I know a lot of supporters, you know, dread those games. It's just a pit in your stomach, you know, but we don't have that this year. For some reason, and this harpens back to when they were in the prem. I always hated when the team I was pulling for went to Stoke and played because you always hear about the windy night on a Tuesday night in Stoke, wet and windy, cold night in Stoke. Can you win up there? And I know that was the place where we went up when we were when we came up to go to the prem a couple years ago. But just I don't know. I just really don't like playing Stoke. I don't know. Them are Millwall for me. I, I just don't. Those two teams are just kind of like they are Is that not based on reputation for, for, for no, Millwall. It, no, it's just like Millwall happened in Millwall is I think they're going to finish probably about 10th to 12th this year. Millwall is just I don't know. It's like one of those teams that a team like us, I can I can foresee this happening. We should be – we're flying high, we're coming up against Millwall, and we go and we just lay an egg against them away at the den or the new den, as they like to call it. Um, so I, I think it's just like Stoke and Millwall are two teams that we should beat, and I, for, for some reason I see them like being a bogey team for us. 
Or like Darby. I, like Darby is going to be absolutely horrible this year. Watch. We'll lose both games to Darby. Well, the team like that's like that for us and has been our bugaboo in the past, if you look back at our previous fixtures, was Forest. I mean, oh, yeah. Nottingham Forest is always a bugaboo game for us. I mean, we've won exactly one game out of the last four fixtures against them. Yeah. So, you know, that, that it's Oof. just a, for whatever reason, they always look forward to playing us. Uh, I mean, there is a rivalry there. I, I think, you know, owing back to the, the strikes and the fact that they were a bunch of fucking scabs <laughs> in the eighties. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, look, that's, you know, that's kind of the rivalry there. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, yeah, they're, they're always, it's always a tough fixture playing forest. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. So let's get into our final positions at come the end of the season. Who do you have going down, Chad? Okay. And I will let the listeners into a little secret. I have been going back and forth between this. Since we've started recording, I've changed my bottom three about 500 times. So finishing 24th, I have the much maligard Darby County. Finishing 23rd, I have Hull City because they are – as good as they were in League One last year, they're now in 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 a transfer embargo, so that's going to hamper them a bit. And my my third team that that I see it's it's between two. I'm going to go with Blackpool, but I wouldn't be surprised if Bristol City hover because they were awful at the end of last season, absolutely horrid. To the second half of the season, they couldn't do anything right. They were just absolutely horrible. So I wouldn't be surprised if Bristol City was down in around the bottom three. But my bottom three are going to be Darby, Hull City, and Blackpool are the three that I have going down. For me, I also have Darby finishing dead last, 24th. 23rd, I have Huddersfield Town. I just I don't think that I I just don't think they're gonna have a good season. Uh, 22, I also have Hull. So, yeah. you know, we have two out of the three. We, uh, we're, I mean, we're in agreement there. But, it, I mean, in the research I've started to do for, for this upcoming season, signs point that Peterborough will be fine. Redding might drop down in there. Luton, I think, is going to, like, excel and it, it exceed expectations. I think QPR is going to be right up there in the mix. It's just... It's the championship, man, and from week to week, we. This is going to be my very first time watching the championship week in and week out. Actually, following a team from the beginning to the finish, I watch it every week, but I see every team. I see different teams every single week, so this is going to be the first time I'll be able to follow it and see where, like, where the teams are, like, opposed to if they're not playing us. If they're playing other teams in the league, how they do, how they fare against other opponents, and actually see how topsy turvy it could be, because I've heard this this league is absolutely bonkers. You know, one any one of these twenty four teams could win this freaking thing, and it, I like that odd better those odds better than than 
you know, one in 16 or six out of the 20 teams can win it. Like we were dealing with a prem and not many, not many people like us playing in the championship. And yes, of course, I'd, I'd love if we played premier league football, but the championship is where it is at for me. This is the most fun league ever. I think that there is kind of a gulf in quality though. I mean, you look at like the 14th place, team in the championship down to the 24th those bottom like 11 teams i mean there's always like a large gulf in in quality i mean i always feel like positions like 12 to 7 are always right there on the cusp of getting that that final playoff position and you know are one or two games away from being in that playoff that final playoff position but there's always such a gulf i think you know once you hit like that 14th 15th spot in the league yeah that's to be to be fair that's that's usually how it goes and it's like once you hit about february is when you've got all the way up to february usually there's like 15 or 16 teams that are like are good and then once you hit february it really thins the herd out and it gets it down to the top 10 teams okay and then you always have like four or five teams at the end of the season or on the beach and don't have anything to play for and then you have like seventh eighth ninth tenth are always going for the the playoffs and obviously when the end of the season comes it boils down to the playoffs but it's just it's so nuts man it's a crazy division compared to the division we were in where you have six teams and then it's the rest the best of the rest you know yeah yeah, absolutely. So who do you have finishing in playoff positions? Okay. Starting with the sixth spot, I have Middlesbrough finishing sixth. And you're going to be shocked, and I'm going to be shocked when I announce this. I got finishing fifth is West Brom. Wow. That's bold. Yeah. yeah. West Brom finishing fifth. Oh, let's see. Fourth, I have Bournemouth. Third, oh boy, who do I have third? Third, I have Fulham. No, 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 no. Take that back. Strike that. Third, I have, let's go with QPR. I'm going QPR. For some reason, I think QPR is going to be really good this year. Second, I have us. I have Fulham winning the league. Oh, wow. I just changed it. You have us for automatic promotion. Yeah, I just changed it because I had us winning the league. I had us winning right there. That last pick when I announced Fulham winning, I was like, I was between us winning and them finishing second and them winning. Obviously, like I picked, but yeah, I have I have Fulham, us, QPR, Bournemouth. Uh, who's my who was my fifth team? Uh, West Brom and then Bar- Middlesbrough Bar- finishing yep. sixth. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, I actually don't have us uh, finishing in an automatic promotion spot. I have Cardiff City at that sixth position. Fifth, I've got Boro. Fourth, I have Bournemouth, but that could change. They make a couple of signings. I think they're right in there challenging for the uh, automatic promotion spot. Mm-hmm. In third, I have us, Sheffield United. Second, I have West Bromwich Albion, and number one, I also have Fulham. I think they're going to 
go right back up. But look, I don't want I just don't want to jinx it by saying, oh, we're going to get automatically promoted. I I, I mean, I, I'm going to be a little bit cynical and say we're we're still going to make the playoffs. Mm hmm. And who knows, maybe we could go up that way. I mean, do you have, who do you think like in this, in your hypothetical, Chad, who goes to Wembley and who goes up? If with, with my four playoff teams, I have Bournemouth in West Brom playing at Wembley. Bournemouth being the, or no, they would play each other in the first round, dummy. Um, so I have Bournemouth playing Middlesbrough. In, in the playoff final and Bournemouth going up. Because I think, like you said, if they make a couple of signings, Bournemouth, for me, goes top of the league. Bournemouth can easily win this league with the talent they have. Now, I've heard that a couple of their big-name players, like Dan Juma, is going to get picked for other teams. So that could bring them back to the pack. Is not, in, not put them out there as an automatic spot and maybe they end up in the playoffs. But like, like you said, Bournemouth could easily go and be first, and and we could be in the playoffs. In in like we talked before this, it could be all three of the teams that got relegated from the Prem. Us, West Brom, and Fulham could just easily as go back go back up to the top flight again. So you, you never know, man. I, I just think Bournemouth is a really good side to be left out this year. Yeah, especially getting Scott Parker and everything. He's a halfway decent man. He's a good championship manager. As long as you surround him with a good talent, he's horrible in the Premier League. But as long as you surround him with good talent in the championship, he'll be fine. Yep. Well, I have us and Bournemouth going to Wembley and us coming out on top. I got to be a little optimistic here. Of course. Uh, I mean, I take that in a heartbeat. Yep. I could also see us I could also see us going up in into the playoffs and going up via the via the playoffs, the, the playoff final. But There's we no always talent. piss the bed, it, it feels like whenever we go yeah, to it's Wembley. Not good. It's not good. It's not good. Our track record at Wembley is not good. But here's the thing that's counteracted by the fact that Jokanovic has won the playoff final before. Yep. So, so the, we have good juju on yep. our side. Yep. Last question, and it's kind of a banter question here, but will we finish higher in the championship than the Pigs do in League One? Oh, without a doubt. But like I told you before we started recording, I mean, I I don't like Wednesday. There are bitter rivals. But, I mean, that club is in dire straits right now, and if they finish 10th to 12th in League One, they'll be – There'll be that'll be a win for them, a heavy win. And you know, I always want them to be in the same league as us. So part of me kind of wants them to do well to come back up in the championship. Well, if we go up, we won't be in 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 the same league again. But it's just one of those things where they are going to be they're going to be driving the struggle bus this year, and without a doubt, I mean. They might be a, a couple spots ahead of us at the beginning of the season. If we start off slow or something and we don't get out of the gates and we're floundering around 13th or 14th in the league, they could be like fifth or sixth. But other than that, come season's end, we're going to be way higher than they will. I like it. I like it. Well, that wraps up our season preview podcast here. I'm not sure if we're going to get have the chance to get in a – preview podcast for our game against Birmingham 
But uh, Chad, can I get your score prediction for the weekend at least? I've got 2-0. We're going to start off with a clean sheet. We're going to get a McGoldrick goal. And do I want to say Ali Norwood free kick? I mean, yeah, that's, you already not? have. So yeah. why not? 2-0. Two 2-0 nil, two nil to the Blades. We're off and running. Slavs, big red and white army win at the lane and get us off in winning fashion in the championship. And we're off and running. Jokanovich's red and white army. Oh, I like big Slavs. Big, big Slavs. Slavs. But I, I don't know. I, I just feel like Jokanovich's red and white army. That's like, I don't yeah. know. It sounds good. Like it yeah. fits perfectly. I don't I mean, know. When I think of big Slavs, I just think of like just big burly cavemen. I, you know, the I I think that uh, we're on the march with Big Slav's army. We're not going to Wembley. We don't give a fuck because the blades are going up and United are the greatest yep. bubble team. That 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 rhymes or that works, you know? Yeah. That fits yep. perfectly. But yep. why can't it be both? Why can't it be yep. both? I'm looking forward to hearing all the new songs. Mm-hmm. Definitely looking For sure. forward to hearing all the new songs. Uh, I have us winning 3-1 at the weekend. I think McGoldrick, Moose, and... Fuck it. We'll also say Ollie Norwood get goals. There you go. There yep. you go. We've we hey. I mean, look, we played against the League One side, but we're scoring in the, yep, in the current we, formation. So that's for sure. That is one hundred percent for sure. So I think that's all the time that we have for this episode of the Red Half of Sheffield. So Chad, where can the people find you on social media? They can find me at Blades in the USA on Facebook and Twitter. And I also help out on with you on our Twitter page, which is at Red Sheffield. So go give us a follow and a like and like all of our stuff because we post a lot more stuff, especially Noah. He does that a lot. And where can the <laughs> where can the people find you on social media there, Noah? You can find me at Sunpuck on Instagram and at Nessman930 on Twitter. And if you haven't done so already, also give our Facebook a like uh, as well. You can follow us at the Red Half of Sheffield on Facebook. And I think that covers our social media. So until this weekend, when we get the 2021-2022 championship season off and running, up the blades, Chad. Up the blades. Come on, you red and white wizards.